What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mongols Podcast, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Mike. With me is Kev, Josh, and our Super Scout Shoes. Preseason is here, and we're going to talk results, players, and more. Let's go. Everything was just falling into place. Funky Azio cuts inside. With this run below, he's still terrific. Steven Dos Santos from James Mertz. Yes! That was for you, Shoes, since, you know, you thought that I pre-recorded the Let's Go for every episode, and uh, that's clearly not the case now. So, And it's not just you. I hear now that it's multiple people that think that I pre-recorded the Let's Go. That's not that's not it at all. Shoes, welcome back to the show, man. Thanks for having me back. Well, you know, we, we, we figured we need some info from uh, somebody that we know is going to be at these preseason games. And your name was the first one that uh, popped into everybody's head. So we said we had to have you back here because we want to know what's going on because like, you know, Kevin's not there and I wasn't able to make it in this weekend. Um, So we're really, really interested to get your thoughts on, uh, on everything that you guys saw um, from these first two games. Before we talk about the first two games though, obviously um, there are a couple other things that I just wanted to bring up. This is going to be a really hounds heavy episode, just like they're all heavy. I don't know why I said that. (laughs) That All right. Can you tell we took a week off? Like, you know, (laughs) Justin and Steve and Laura Allen ran things last week. So we're out of form here, but two things uh, in particular, one, we sort of knew um, just from some of our connections uh, in St. Louis that Toby Adewale was trialing with them and it became official that he is officially signed with St. Louis FC. So obviously hate to see him go. We sort of knew that he was looking around at other places. Um, thrilled for our, our friends in St. Louis because, you know, he, they're obviously getting a, a, an amazing defender and a great guy. So best of luck to Toby, you know, in every game except for the two where we'll end up. Play- Wait, did St. Louis move back west this year? I don't no. think they actually moved again. I think yeah, for they're... some odd reason they did not, uh, you know, bounce back and forth this year. Okay, they're, yeah, they're disappointment standing. really. That is that is a huge disappointment. Yeah. Um, the other news is that uh, Birmingham had a big preseason match against Atlanta United, not the ATL UTD two, but actually the MLS team Atlanta United. Nico drew a penalty and scored um, in that preseason match, and unfortunately Legion ended up losing three two in stoppage time. But um, yeah, I mean. Good on him. You know, it, it seems like I think they had a little over 6,000 at the preseason game for Birmingham, which, you know, you bring in an MLS team, you expect big numbers. But, uh, you know, if they could build something special up there, good on them. And again, you know, best of luck to Nico, except for the two games that we'll have to see him. So, yeah. I guess, guys, any sort of, you know, high level thoughts about Toby or Nico before we dive into the hounds of 2020? It just kind of like highlights that this is going to be a very different Hounds team uh, than we're used to. It's just like, you know, kind of is becoming more and more apparent, especially now that preseason started watching these games. It, it's like, okay, who's back? What's going on? What's it going to look like? How are we going to do this? I'm not saying it's like dire, we're, we're in a big, you know, issue or trouble here, but it's, it's just, it's going to be a lot different, and especially with those two guys gone. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I'm I'm not as worried about this. I, I, like what last week they were talking about the players that were leaving, the players that are being added. Um, I think it, if any position is a bit more controlled for in a, a Bob Lilly team, I think it's it's the center backs and it's the goalkeeper. Um, and so, while I think Greenspan and Adewale 
are two really, really good players um, and were obviously hugely important to our defensive record last season. I, th- I think that the system kind of reigns king for uh, for a, how a Lily team defends. So, well, yeah, it's not going to be easy to to replace the you know the likes of of Toby. I think I don't know. I, I just I always think of like, Todd Pratzner is always my quintessential like thought. Like Todd, let's let's be, Todd Pratzner doesn't impress anyone, but he comes like he'll, he'll just like not play for like three months and then slot right back into a Lily team and play wonderfully and and have a great have a great game. So. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm honestly more worried about Nico leaving um, as far as I think it's harder to replace goals um, than than it is to be defensively organized. So, um, yeah, and both of them seem like great people. Uh, best of luck to them. But but, yeah, I'm, I'm a little less worried for the center backs. Yeah. I mean, to that point, I think we were all not necessarily devastated, but we really hated to see Hugh Roberts go. I mean, we still love Hugh. He's great. Um, but again, the Hounds did just fine on defense without him. So I, I think that, uh, you know, your point is valid there. Um, guys, the, the the Hounds preseason, though, is now in full swing. We had two games this weekend. This upcoming week, we only have one. So we had two this past. We beat 2-Kane 2-0 on Friday. Of course, there was a snowpocalypse Friday, so it was moved to Cole Springs. Guys, how was it uh, – or I guess shoes, how was it uh, watching the game Cole Springs? Awful. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, like the – Gameplay itself was awful. No, okay. the the facility is is not meant to host uh, games that people want to watch. I guess would be the best way. <laughs> Spectator uh, sports. Yeah, yeah correct. <laughs> um, you know, I'm sure the facility is fine for the players and whatnot. But if you're there as a fan, I mean, the entire side of the field that you have access to view from is is literally a screen net. So. Trying to look through that, there was a small opening. Uh, you weren't allowed on the field, obviously. Uh, so, you know, there was really no great view of the game. Uh, and you couldn't even go upstairs on a balcony. They had that blocked off. So, so it was ground-level only viewing. Yes. Like, it was like as if you're standing on the sideline, but through a screen. Correct. That sucks. If you can imagine standing on the ground level behind the netting at, at Highmark, uh, it's basically basically like that the entire game so it's a little difficult to try and really pick up and and with it being the first week too you know if it had been another week you know you kind of get used to the players a little more get used to what you're seeing but it's really difficult for it being the first run and trying to see the numbers and who's who you know because we have all these new trialists 17 of them you know it was just kind of even new players that we've signed already it was it was difficult to try and follow along but I, d- I did my best <laughs> yeah so we got goals from lucas fernandez who was signed and also i heard that velarde's goal was a rocket talk us through like what happened there uh it was it was great uh it, it showed i think a lot of what what we had hoped we were going to see uh last season and i think a lot of the potential that he has and what what bob sees in him um yeah, he, he's looked really good in general so far this preseason. And I think, you know, with with who we've had leave, I think he's going to have an expanded role in this offense now. And we're going to be utilizing him a lot more. But that could change. It's, it's you know, it's the hounds. Interesting. You know, we don't know how that will play out. Yeah. We'll have to we'll have to try to get Velarde in here and talk to him about what he's been doing this offseason. Um, if he's looked good these first two games. Yeah, I mean, like, we, we talked about a lot last season, uh, preseason, how Larde was, you know, this, this special, you know, surprise. We, we I think we all thought he was going to be the standout star and going to be, like, a big surprise, a sleeper hit. Um, and it, it 
never really came to fruition it, he was good but he i don't think he broke out like we thought he was going to or hoped that he would and i wouldn't be surprised if you know this this could be his year uh to really make a difference and kind of like have the chance to start more games and and be that playmaker that we want him to be yeah i think i think we were all sort of expecting him to have a year like robbie mertz had and i think i think statistically they were close but it felt like there was more excitement and energy around robbie and i think part of that was just him being a pittsburgh kid but um yeah if Velarde can have a ha- take a sort of a step forward from last year that would be huge um i guess so other than you know cole springs being sort of awful and it sounds like you know obviously it's the first preseason game you got a bunch of trialists out there everybody's trying to get used to each other she was, was there anything else that sort of like stood out to you that you like walked away from there going, you know, we're going to be good this year or like we've got a lot of work to do. What, what was your what were your thoughts immediately after the game was over? Uh, honestly, the, the first thing I noticed for sure was that I, I wouldn't necessarily call it trying to replace Greenspan's height. Mm-hmm. But I mean, can you really? But uh, he, there's definitely a lot of height uh, in the center backs that uh, are on trial. Um, I know the biggest of them is Skylar Thomas. Uh, he is very noticeable in a good way, uh, not, not in a bad way. Um, he maintained his position a lot in, in both games. And, and to me, if I were to, outside of uh, Aconquo, who, you know, who's had some, some scoring, uh, I, I think he's been the one that positionally has made a lot of sense. And I'm I'm really happy that they're they're sticking with him. Uh, beyond that, uh, and the pairings that they had in in the center back positions, uh, the Dakota Barnathan was also also looked really good in both games. I think, and I, I'm, he's coming back as well, so that's that's good to see. Um, one of my surprises is uh, Eunice, I, I believe is how that's pronounced. He. Uh, he had a lot of a good chances, but but he was having some trouble with finishing. Um, Ryan James looks fantastic still. I mean, are we surprised no. by that? <laughs> um, it it seems a lot of 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 play building they were struggling with. I think that that was my other big takeaway. There were a lot of times where uh, there were some missed runs, some wasted runs, usually up the sideline. Uh, usually to Ryan, of course, with his speediness on the wings. Uh, it just seemed like the midfield was having a little trouble getting used to passing it outward. They were pretty much sticking to the infield and uh, kind of allowed allowed chances to dissipate a little bit. Um, and I noticed that a little bit, not as much on the, on the second game. But, but uh, from that game, I'd say those are the two big things is that we're really trying to find some height, I think. And that uh, you know there there needs to see some better playmaking. Um, fit, finishing struggled a little bit here and there. Uh, Aconquo had a penal, a missed penalty. I'm, I don't know if that was discussed in any recaps or anything, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, they gave him a penalty in the box. It was arguable that it was a penalty, um, but yeah, he 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 rang that shot off the left post, I believe. Uh, and there was a, another player there, but couldn't couldn't send home the rebound. But other than that, yeah, I think that's those were the immediate takeaways, at least from game one. 
Well, and this, both of these games were very much, uh, I don't want to say trialist heavy, but, you know, Mensa wasn't there, right? Walls wasn't there. Um, So there's a number of the guys that have signed that haven't joined the team yet. So it'll be interesting to see what happens once they do join. Um, Uh, Tommy also was not there for game one, Mm -hmm. and Dover is not yet with the team. Okay. Uh, uh, Tommy was going to play in, in game two, it appeared. But in warm-ups, he just kind of... It just looked like he may have aggravated something, so... Oh, don't it, say that. It looked like he basically just... <laughs> don't say that, really, really, It's fine. Yeah, I don't know. It's fine. No, it was fine, and, and, it's, it's, and that's the whole thing. It's preseason, so you never want to just, you know, go all out or anything, so... Yeah. But... Don't, don't risk it all against Duquesne University, is what you're saying? Yeah, no, that's not the time to do it. All right, well, that's a, that's a good segue into the Hounds were back at Highmark Stadium after the... Well, I don't know. How, how much snow did you guys get? We got like five or six inches here in Ligonier. We got a lot. It wasn't that much here. I mean, it was... I don't even know. It, it, it wasn't that bad, though, oh, on Sunday at least. Like, right. The, the, the field looked great. Um, obviously, they didn't have most of the stands cleared off, so like they only had like one small section in the stands cleared off. But most people watched from the balcony, it looked like, or from inside the um, upper deck area. So, yeah, it was it was a pretty nice day, actually, weather-wise and temperature-wise. It, it felt... There was a couple of people who said this joke. I think Liz brought it up. Uh, it, this was probably warmer than what the, the home opener is going to be, actually, <laughs> knowing our luck. So, uh, yeah, it was a pretty good day to watch a game. Yeah. So the Hounds get the uh, the 2 nothing win against Villanova. Both goals choose, as you said, coming from a Conquo. Guys, what, what were your thoughts in this one? What did we see here? Um, yeah, what were your takeaways from this one? Yeah, it was, uh, like she said a little bit ago, that uh, – a lot of the starters that you would expect weren't really getting that many minutes, which is to be expected. This is preseason. This is where we're trying to, you know, test out these trialists, see who we can sign. Um, Duba actually was playing in the first half, and I believe he got a couple of knocks on the head, and he, he kind of waved over. He's like, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. So he came off. Uh, it looked like they were checking him for head injuries. So it's that was a little bit concerning. But, again, it's preseason. It's early. I wouldn't be too concerned. I don't think any of these – Injuries are going to be long-lasting, hopefully. So uh, that was one thing I noticed, at least, which is how little the first team was playing. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, Aconquo got two goals in this one. And as you mentioned, he he was given a penalty in the first game. It sounds like they're not necessarily leaning on him a lot in this game, but he's definitely making his presence known um, in these first two games. What are your thoughts? I mean, do you think that he could be a good fit for this team? What are the odds that you think he'll be with this team come the end of the preseason? Um, it's 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 one of those those things. Um, I look at it. I, I don't necessarily want to com- compare him to to Romeo, but mm. uh, the I, I feel like Bob has kind of. Maybe put put him in a position where he wants to see him do a lot of the heavy lifting. I'm, I'm I mean I don't know what's necessarily going through his head or anything, but uh, there were there were times and he was actually pull uh, benched momentarily. Uh, he was taken from the game. I can't remember what minute it was in, but then just to be put back in in the 80th. Huh. Uh, so you know Bob Bob did have a little a little bit of a 
a verbal uh, (laughs) yelling at him, I I guess would be the easiest way to put it. Um, Just kind of commenting on his effort. Uh, He didn't really look like he was making a lot of runs that that he would want to see him do on the pitch. And, you know, he did score the two goals, but they weren't necessarily from some huge scoring chance that he necessarily created. It was more of, like, he was in the right position. You know, he definitely has some finishing skills for sure. I mean, you can't argue that at all. But it definitely seemed like there was a little bit of disconnect there. Yeah, he kind of felt like a player that... uh, You kind of see this with Bob a lot, where you can kind of tell which one he's, which players he he wants to see advance the most and those are the ones that he's yelling at the most so like <laughs> uh i think it was like well i can't remember what preseason it was but where you would constantly hear him yelling romeo yeah like every single game he would just constantly yelling romeo's name on the preseason telling him to do this do that do this and it was it wasn't so much that you know he thought he was a bad player it was just that he you could tell he was really trying to mold him into what he wants to see and that's what it felt like with uh patrick um it felt like he was really getting on his case saying like you know you're good but you're not as good as you think so keep at it keep working harder um you know make those runs don't don't just expect the ball to come to you. You have to go to the ball, that kind of stuff. It was it was a lot of that type of – it just felt like a younger player who he was trying to, you know, motivate to, to get forward more and to, to make those runs and to not just expect the ball to land at his feet. Um, but I do think, you know, obviously he kept him for week two, so I, I wouldn't be surprised uh, seeing him make more minutes uh, in the preseason and trying to, you know, make his mark. You mentioned he's a younger player. He's 21 years old. Um, do you see him? I mean, I think they're trying to obviously. Duba sort of has a specific mold. You, I think shoes. You said dirty work, and it feels like Duba is definitely the one who does the dirty work. Do you see Akonkwo as maybe somebody that could be a Duba replacement? So if Duba goes down, Akonkwo could step in, or was he playing more forward, almost like a Nico Brett sort of situation? Yeah, I, I look at him for sure as more of a Nico Brett. Mm-hmm. Um, Duba Duba has the height. I know we, we rely on him a lot for the the what you would call the dirty goals, where it involves him making a header shot or something like that. Uh, where as Patrick is is definitely he, he definitely will score the the dirty goals in those situations, but but he's more of a player like Nico than he is like Duba. Okay. Just trying to sort of paint a picture here in my mind. Um, so, okay, we talked a lot about Aconquo. I guess in terms of the second game, you know, by the time you guys left, what was what was your general thought? I mean, was it shoes for you? Was it, okay, you know, that's a better showing than the first game? Or was it sort of more of the same? Was there anybody that maybe stood out a little bit in the second game that you didn't notice in the first game? Or, you know, give us your impressions. Well, I, I'd say in general it was it was mostly the same. Uh, the big difference is, you know, I, I'm not the best soccer analyst, so uh, I take a lot of what I hear Bob saying, uh, you know, because obviously he, he knows what he's looking for. And at Cole Springs, um, you couldn't hear him. He was as loud as he can get. You couldn't hear him on the other side of the pitch. He was he was across this, the field from us, so... So what I love always about preseason games at Highmark is you can sit right behind him, hear everything that's going through <laughs> his mind, 
and and it's you get a general idea of what he's looking for, and then you can kind of see how that plays out on the pitch. So I'd say a lot of it was the same. Um, I know a lot of what he was saying about was the forwards were 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 too far up on the line, and he wanted them to pull back to be able to make runs. Uh, and that seemed to be the number one thing he was hounding on the forwards about. Uh, in general, though, uh, you know, I, I, the, the defensemen pairings were, were basically the same. I, I, said, I mentioned Skyler from the first game. I think he stood out again as just a solid center back. Uh, he provides the height to get to the, to get to the ball first. Um, and his positioning has just been fantastic to watch. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing if he can play this out. Uh, two, I know two of the guys that played in the first game did not play, and there were two new guys, which always throws me off because <laughs> I have my my list ready and I finally get it all set, and then between games in the same week, he, you know, throws in two new people that uh, that I have no idea who they are. And I'm scrambling during the game, trying to figure out. But uh, they were also two bigger defensemen again, and they look pretty well positionally. Uh, the forwards seemed to get a. I felt like they got a lot more chances against Villanova than they did Duquesne. Um, I don't know necessarily what would have led to that, and and why that would be the case. But, um, yeah, Eunice again. Uh, I feel like he regressed a little bit, and maybe that's why it appears he hasn't been brought in for week two. Um, he had all those chances in game one, but doesn't didn't seem to really replicate that in game two. Uh, beyond that, I mean, it, it, they passed it out a little bit more, like I had said in the first game. They didn't really keep it to the inside as much, but there were definitely still some big runs on the outside from James and Jaleel, uh, who's one of our other new signings. Uh, great speed on the wings, but just nobody was getting the balls out to them. So, you know, it's early. The, the, the lineups change dramatically. He did a lot more subs. Uh, mid-game this time. He didn't do any in the first game. He just switched him out at the half. But now, um, you know, like I said, he Patrick was at, taken out and put back in. I believe Velarde may have been taken out and put him back in. So Was Forrest you know, as well? Uh, Forrest, no, Forrest just went in early. He oh, replaced right. Dubo when that's he right, that's came right. out. And he played most of the game until the till the end. But he did keep a few, a four starters, I believe, in the game through the half. Um, I don't know if that's just player availability or, or, or what you know, mm-hmm. he wanted, but I think overall it looked it looked better in certain ways, but definitely the same in a lot of ways. So, you know, how was what, the? Uh, I was gonna say how was how was the legend himself looking? Did he look all right? Mark Forrest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was okay. I mean, I don't think there was much uh, emphasis on him as far as like him having the ball and all that kind of stuff. He was he was. Getting coached just as much as the the trialist though, as far as Bob telling him what he wanted to see from him and what he wasn't liking. Uh, it's yeah, preseason is one of those interesting things. You know, you, you, if you get a chance to go, 
uh, I was just hanging out behind the goal or behind the the bench and just listening of what's going on and just kind of like soaking that in. And uh, yeah, don't don't talk back to the coach, all right? Uh, this is preseason. <laughs> there was a little bit of an incident where someone I don't know who it was said something, but it's like don't do that. Obviously, you don't know what you're doing compared to this coach. So yeah, shut up. <laughs> just just let him coach. Did did Bob talk back? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> As he oh. should have, yeah. I don't know who the kid was, but he deserved it. So That's yeah, great. yeah. Just you know, keep your trap shut and uh, just just enjoy the game. Do you know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great, um, Josh. So this was obviously you know this was Shoes' second game. This was your first game. What were your thoughts leaving? Were you like, all right, we're ready, let's do this, or you know, uh, one it was just fun to be back. Uh, you know, you kind of. Preseason at, I mean, you know, the off season both feels forever long because you, you miss this, the the games, but then also as soon as you're back there, you're like, don't miss the beat. It's just like, yep, this is back where I belong. This is you know, familiar ground, and it was just fun to be back and uh, watching these preseason games. This is some of the more fun times because you get to watch you know everything shape and, and form and kind of get a preview of what's going to be happening and the new signings. Yeah, like uh, Jaleel. Uh, how do you say his name? Yeah, we we did learn that we believe. It yes, Jaleel. Jaleel. Yeah, he was awesome to watch. Like when he came on the second half, uh, he was a speedy player coming down the wings, and it was just that was a lot of fun. I'm excited for him. Uh, yeah, there's just a lot to look forward to, and I'm just enjoying watching this team form. Awesome, awesome stuff. Well, guys, we appreciate you being there and and sharing your thoughts and painting the picture for all of us who couldn't make it. Um, obviously we had two games this weekend. Like I mentioned, we have only one game this upcoming week against Penn state on Saturday. Uh, we talked a little bit about, or you guys talked a little bit about all the different trialists coming in and out. And one of the things that I thought was interesting. So in week one, the hounds brought in 17 trialists and of those 17, they only decided to keep eight, um, moving into week two. So a lot of people out and they brought in five more. So they're not even replacing all eight. They're only bringing five others. Um, we sort of broke down some of the trialist info uh, and just sort of took a look at who is returning, who's getting a second week with the team, who made enough of an impact to, uh, you know, warrant coming back. And so there's a couple players. Um, I think, uh, Shoes, you mentioned, what, uh, Barnathan? Is that how you pronounce his name? Dakota Barnathan? Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming that's how you pronounce it. Him, um, I, know, I know they have Sam. I'm not entirely sure how to Bieck, Bieck, yeah, Bieck? from Germany. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he he played uh, center back with with uh, Dakota actually in the first game and did not play in the second game. Um, so I, you know, again, it's they list the position, but that's usually pretty interchangeable when it comes to you know Bob's system. I've noticed. Yeah, you know, everybody kind of moves around a little bit. Um, Albert Dikwa is coming back. Uh, he did not play in either game, so I have no input or what he really is about. Uh, Mario Mastrangelo, he's the other local guy. Uh, he played in both games. I believe it was the second half in both games. Uh, he was kind of between uh, defensive and mid. He played played on the outside. I believe it would have been right back, if I'm remembering correctly. I think so, yeah. Um, unfortunately, it seemed at Highmark... The field on the opposite side of the pitch was kind of maybe less. Uh, I don't know how to how to describe. It. The people were slipping a lot over there. Mm. I don't know if if it had puddled or something, but if 
but I know him and a couple other players that were over on that side were, were struggling a lot to keep their footing. Um, I didn't really see anything that, you know, you always hope a hometown guy does, does something well, but I didn't really see anything super flashy, but that also doesn't mean he was bad either. So, yeah. Um, uh, Skyler is, is again, I, I'm just really fascinated by his play. So I'm really hoping that, uh, that something happens with him, uh, yeah, he's a big guy. He's a <laughs> he's a very very <laughs> tall fun to person. So, and of course, you know, we're always gonna miss the height. So, from from Greenspan, so I think he could possibly be somebody that that fits in. I know they definitely had him up on set pieces and corners. You know, putting him in the box, obviously, to use his height. Yeah, he's uh, um, he's listed as six four one ninety eight. So yeah, he's a big guy. And I mean, you mentioned sort of the height situation here. We have him. Uh, they brought in, it looks like, Jerry Wilshire from London, England, who was also 6'4". Um, Miles Stray, who's a defender, he's 6'1", so not as tall. Um, and Dakota is 6'2", as you mentioned. So, yeah, definitely going for height there uh, on the defensive side of things. Um, I guess, you. so out of, out of what you saw, it looks like the defenders coming back that were trialists are basically just Skyler and Dakota. If you had to pick one of them that you think is, is going to make it with the team long-term, who are you thinking? I, th- I think based on what I've said already, you're yeah. probably going to assume that I'd say Skyler. Skyler. That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely Skyler. But I do love uh, what I've seen from Dakota, too. Yeah. I'd say his positioning has been really well, and he's been in the play pretty well. So. Transfer market listed uh, Dakota as basically comparable to Toby. So you could sort of look up players, and it tells you like who they're comparable to, what their rough market value is. And uh, Dakota's market value was close to half of Toby's, but Toby's name did come up, which, again, I haven't seen anything, but that sort of piqued my interest that uh, that his name was thrown out there. So that, that could be interesting. Um, I guess a couple of the other trialists that uh, that were brought back, um, we brought back uh, Belastrocki. Uh, I'm hoping I say that right. He's a forward. Uh, the other forwards were Dikwa, as we mentioned. Um, Patrick, uh, I'm gonna pronounce. I'm gonna mispronounce this again. I know I spelled it phonetically. Akonkwo. There we go. Um, as another forward, Kev, we have four forwards signed already we have dos santos mensa forest and lucas fernandez do you see i mean regardless of how well they perform do you think lily keeps more than four forwards this year i think so so much of it depends on what he's thinking um what like we were talking a bit off air about formations or whatever about like a three five two or um or a five three two not a three five two um and so what i think last year fine you, you get brett and dos santos kind of playing together a lot but even that dos santos starts dropping kind of deeper and deeper and i would never expect dos santos to be an out and out midfielder but he's not he's not a guy that kind of plays on the shoulder of the last defender he's not he's not making runs in behind all the time per se um and so it just I, I think a lot can kind of you know maybe he wants to play three forwards or something in which case you know, four isn't enough. Um, or even if you even if you want to do two uh, forwards, um, four seems like enough. But as soon as one gets injured, then you're kind of in a bit of hot water. You know, if if one player has a bit more flexibility as far as position, you know, a positional sense, then you know you can move them around the field more. So I wouldn't say it's completely out of the question, um, especially if you're getting different types of forwards. Uh, Dos Santos, I, I don't want to box him in too much here, but he is more of a he plays the game a bit slower than some of the other kind of speedy forwards uh, do. And so 
to, to have variety in your forward line is, is never a bad thing. And I don't know, historically, I, a big thing for me, uh, keep, keep getting great goal scorers. Uh, we'll figure out a way to make it all work. I mean, you know, great teams of the past, just they'll play, they'll play them all. They'll, they'll put them all on, on the field at the end of the, at the end of the game. So um, no, I, I think it's possible, but yeah, once you start getting pat, like up into the like six numbers, yeah, I, I, it's kind of a stretch to, to think that we would have like six forwards, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised with a fifth. Yeah, I mean, like you're saying, it, it doesn't necessarily mean these guys are going to be playing as forwards just because they're listed as forwards right now. Uh, we have seen Coach do this plenty of times where he's like, yeah, this guy's more of a midfielder than a defender or vice versa. So that he puts him in that position instead, and that, that's what they become for the team. Um, especially with some of the younger guys, like it's not really out of position for them. They're they're still young. They're still figuring out, you know, at where they fit in a pro system. So it's just because they were forward in college or you know whatever doesn't mean they're they're going to play one in pro. And so they could definitely be a midfielder instead. So I wouldn't be too uh, surprised if they end up signing more than three forwards. Yeah, I was gonna say Aconquo is 21 years old. He's listed by the team as a midfielder, even though he sort of played center forward shoes. You said that coach was sort of having him push up. Um, and then Dikwa was listed as a USL's 20 under 20 in both 2017 and 2018. Now he played 16 games for St. Louis last year. He only had one goal, but who knows, man? I mean, like Lily's found magic in a bottle before. So those two sound like were the ones that stood out at least in these first two games. Um, and obviously they brought back uh, Belastrocki for the uh, for for the second week as well. So he may get some run against Penn State. Um, yeah. So I guess from that that sort of covers. We talked a little bit about the height at defense. We talked about some of the forwards a little bit. I think the goalkeeper position. I think as everyone's aware, we currently only have one goalkeeper signed. We did bring back uh, Danny Vitello. I don't know if I'm saying that right. He was Nashville's third string keeper last season, but he was brought back after week one for week two. The other big news is that this week, Thomas Gomez joined the team as a trialist. Thomas Gomez <clears throat> played with the Rhinos um, and he won the golden glove in both 2016 and 2017. Now, if you would have told me prior to Lily coming to Pittsburgh that we had an opportunity to get a golden glove keeper on the team, I'd be like, that's fantastic. You know, we really don't have those, but I think we've seen that in a Bob Lilly system, not that he can take anybody and make them sort of a Golden Glove candidate, but he's been here two years and we've had two guys that we've been like, well, I'm not really sure, and they still come away as potential Golden Glove candidates. So that's not to take anything away from Thomas Gomez, but I think the fact that a former Rhino, who uh, a lot of people were hoping would sign with the team last year and ultimately went to St. Louis, is now with the team as a trialist, I think that's pretty exciting um, and uh, is definitely one to watch. Uh, to see how he does this week and, you know, potentially heading forward from there. Also shoehorning this information in, um, I <laughs> the, the Hounds also hired a uh, goalkeeping coach. Um, his name is Ross Kane. Um, that's the extent of my knowledge to him. Shoes, I think you have more information. <laughs> <laughs> I, all I know is that in the press release it had noted uh, some goalkeepers that he has coached previously. And two of them being Dobral, Dobrowski and Finney, who were both on trial with the team oh, okay. uh, this past week, but are both not returning for week two. <laughs> so that was kind of an interesting little, yeah. little tidbit there. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. As far as the goalkeepers, Mike, I think you already hit the nail on the head. I mean, you know, Dan Lind comes in, is what I think is one game away from winning a Golden Glove. 
Um, and then he leaves and Kyle Morton steps in. And well, I mean, like I, I've wiped away so much of, of last season. I, not as I should. I think I'm still kind of, I have a dusty brain in this preseason, but didn't, I mean, Kyle Morton like broke goalkeeping records for us, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So like, and, and I, at least me personally, I was very suspect of Kyle Morton at the beginning of the season. And frankly, throughout the whole season. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, once again, I, th- I think the system is so important, um, which we talked about, of how Lily sets it up. So I'm not too worried about, yes, th- the past two seasons we've had, from a stats perspective, some of the Hounds' best goalkeepers in recent memory leave and you know um and and yet still I'm, I'm not worried based off of the history of 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 how goalkeepers play in this system uh correct me if i'm wrong so he got golden glove 2016 and 17 yeah you said and was was that for st louis uh was 2017 or no i thought he was with no. the rhinos wasn't it? was he for the rhinos yeah for... it was the rhinos both years okay yeah. got you so i was i was curious how he did after leaving Bob's system because obviously that is like we're saying with more and everything that's that's a bigger deal when you're in a Bob system and you get that um but with all that said uh, and it's hard for me to be like yeah I'm really excited for a former uh Rochester player to come to <laughs> Pittsburgh again because that's like you know kind of like uh, beating a dead horse at this point Canardo Forbes just keep telling yourself that Canardo <laughs> Forbes no no exactly like it's not that these players are bad it's just I, it just happens so often where you're like oh of course whatever right but th- this is actually one that I'm excited for because of the fact that he did have such a good uh you know track record with Bob and getting golden gloves so it, it it's it's surprising to me that i'm actually excited for a former rhino coming to the hounds because i was pretty much done with thinking any more could come to the hounds at this point well i was going to say when we look at all of the former rhinos that have joined the hounds really i think the only one that hasn't panned out was valeski right i mean everybody else has sort of stepped in and done what they needed to do i can't think of anybody else so when speaking of that too i don't know i have a sneaking suspicion we know Ryan James has the ability to play in the midfield mm-hmm. and he, he played in the midfield a couple times last season. Um, and you know, with the likes of like Kerr moving on and, um, I, I don't know. I wouldn't be shocked if, if we see Ryan James step more into a, a midfield role. I mean, he, he was also the captain a few times, um, in, I want to say it was like cup games last season. Um, we know he has a leadership ability. What he won, he won the title under Bob, right? In in Rochester, I'm pretty sure. Um, so proven winner, incredible season last season. Great player, great leadership. Um, yeah, I, I think they're once again talking about player flexibility. Him and Vonky Azio, I think, could play anywhere along the back line and anywhere along the midfield. So uh, I'm kind of curious to see where Ryan James goes. I think along those lines, and obviously we're going to have to wait and see, I think what's interesting is that uh, Tommy V is listed as a midfielder for the team. Um, and Lily last year was pretty adamant that he was a defender. And so I'm wondering if Tony Wall's stepping in and Walls can play defense or midfield, if the thought isn't maybe Walls sort of takes Tommy V's spot on the back line and that pushes Tommy V up a little bit more into the midfield and sort of a defensive midfielder position. So, um, I mean, at the same time, Danny Rivera is listed as a midfielder too. And like, we've seen him out wide, just tearing things up. 
so I, who knows what's going to happen here. Um, this could just be more Lily mind games that he loves to play with everybody, including us. So <laughs> hasn't, um, I mean, hasn't Rivera also played a lot at left back? Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Like that's so that's where can, we've seen him. And, right. I yeah. can see him and and Ryan James kind of uh, yeah, not being interchangeable. But you know when if, if Rivera is going to have more of a role to play this season, which Lily seems to have made noise that he will, that makes me think. I, I don't know. I, I think Rivera's more natural position is at left back, and uh, and Ryan James maybe in in the center. But then again, you could. Very rightfully say, Kevin, Brian James had an incredible season at left back last season. What are you doing <laughs> moving him? Um, and that's that's completely valid. Yeah, Danny actually played uh, a lot of left back this this weekend in the both mm. games. That's where he was featured mostly. Uh, and, I, and I think, like what you said, that's where we're going to see him naturally play a little more. Hey, I, I like seeing Ryan James in, in more central positions. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Well, so that's that's sort of what's going on this week um, and sort of what we're seeing, at least in terms of the players coming in, sort of who we're excited about. Guys, I thought it would be fun. So obviously, you know, the Hounds um, – Josh, go ahead before I dive on wait, wait, this next thing. We, we skipped over Joe Bell. Uh, apparently, yeah. Shu has a scoop on Joe Bell and why he's a bigger deal than we think. So Joe Bell's coming <laughs> in next week. Uh, he's listed as a neutralist for week two. Uh, so, yeah, what exactly yeah. – why should we be excited about Joe Bell? Well, fun fact, Joe Bell was here and played yesterday. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, so he is already here. Uh, that was one of the two. Uh, him and Jerry Wiltshire both played yesterday's game, and those are the two that threw me off. I'm like, these don't look like the guys that were here on Friday, even though they're wearing the same numbers as they were. So uh, so I looked up Joe Bell just out of curiosity and who, who he was, uh, especially because he was from New Zealand. I feel like that's not a, a common country that's you pretty see. pretty sweet. Yeah, and uh, so he played last year. He was the co-captain of the Virginia Cavaliers, and he actually was playing in the game against Pitt, where Pitt beat them in a pretty historic underdog fashion, beating them two nothing. Because I believe Virginia only had maybe one loss or maybe even no losses at the point that Pitt beat them. Uh, anyway, the the team went through to the national championship, uh, ended up losing to to Georgetown. But he scored a goal as a, I believe they had him slotted in as a defensive, or a, yeah, defensive midfielder. Mm-hmm. And he scored a goal in the championship game. Uh, he missed the last regular season game and the first playoff game, I believe, due to being called to the New Zealand national team. Ooh. Uh, he played two games for, for them, and I believe he played uh, both for their U20 and U... Maybe, I can't remember if it was U18 or U17 squads. He played for, for both of those as well. Um, and then beyond that, something interesting that I, I didn't quite understand, and I'm not sure how it works. Uh, apparently in the middle of the summer, he was approached by a team in Norway's top top league, the Elidia Seren, uh, called Viking FC. Uh, he basically turned them down and said, I want to finish out the season at Virginia. I mean, they were having a great year. I can't blame him. Um, and that he'd revisit it at the end of the year. And it turns out, just a month ago, he signed a three-year contract with Viking FC of Norway. So I'm not entirely sure how this is working out. I don't know how contracts work and how all these leagues work. 
But he has a three-year contract with the Norway team, and now he's here trialing while they're in preseason. So I don't know what's going on. She's, are you a lawyer of, like, sports? (laughs) (laughs) It's all very intriguing. I'm not used to happening, you know, to the Riverhounds of having somebody that – I mean, this kid's won – I was telling Josh, he he won – I can't remember the name of the award, but it's supposedly, like, the highest award in college soccer. He won that last year. He won ACC Player of the Year, I believe. I mean, he's – he is, on paper, fantastic, and and the fact that he's here, even though he's on a contract, is just mind blowing to me. I mean, the kid seems unbelievable. So, huh. come, come on, Tuffy, to see how this plays out. <laughs> <laughs> shove out that money, Tuffy. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know what's going on. Maybe I'm, like I'm Viking wants to put him on loan, and maybe like he would be on loan to us. I, I that don't makes know sense. That was my thought. Yeah, that's the only thing I could see if he has a contract with another club for three years, mind right. you. Uh, unless we're buying out his contract, which I don't see that happening. I don't know why we would uh, invest that much money on you know anyone. It seems like we'd never sign anyone for more than a year. So that seems kind of ridiculous. So I got a feeling it has to be on loan if that's the case. Well, hold on. So wait, we're talking about Viking. Uh, what, you said the Norway First Division? Yeah, Elita Seren, I believe it's pronounced. I mean, yeah, do we know division. what the like level and pay is comparable to the USL? I mean, I know USL is second division, but it might be the case where I don't. I, maybe it's not comparable. I don't know. But this is very well, even interesting. Even if it's comparable, even if it's comparable, like if someone had a three-year contract with Legion, would we like buy out that three-year contract right. to have them play a season, maybe two, with the Hounds? Probably not. Yeah, that's a good so, point. So like, that, that's the thing. Like this would it would have to be that league would have to be like two leagues below us essentially, uh, for that to make sense. I feel. So I mean, I'm I looked up the transfer mart marked however you pronounce that website's name, and they have several players on here, uh, as the market value you know between two hundred thousand and all the way up to eight hundred thousand. Oof. So I don't, They're comparing I don't Joe Bell to players that have a market value of up to 800000 is what you're saying. Yeah, his market value on here is 165000 with the, the fun green up arrow. So, <laughs> increasing, I guess. so increasing, looking better and better. Interesting. Sign him now. Get this him down. Is, this is, okay, look, honestly, so we've been doing this for five years now, and um, – I think every year we sit down and we sort of look at try lists and a lot of them are like, ah, you know, no idea who these people are. There's like four or five people on this list, maybe even more that I'm like genuinely excited about. And, and you know, they're not all going to get signed, but like they all just sort of have a backstory and, you know, you got guys that were in 20 under 20. You got the former golden glove winner for, for Lily. You got Joe Bell. Who's like, you know, all New Zealand, everything. This is crazy, guys. Um, all right, let's we're gonna go, win the league. I, <laughs> still early, kid. Still early. Let's let's still early, let's still uh, early. let's do this. I thought this would be fun um, because I think sometimes it's it's very easy to overlook trialists because obviously we're we're much more focused on the guys that we know for certain are signed. And at this point, we have 15 players. I think when we talked to Lily, what, he said he wanted to try to have 23 by the time the season started, right around there, and he wanted to make sure that we were good and deep. So some of these guys have a good shot at making it all the way through. Let's take bets. Um, we won't, like, bet for Joe anything. Bell. Yeah, I was <laughs> just going to say, 
<laughs> I was gonna. Well, Kev, you gotta take the whole like Viking thing into play here. Yeah, that, I'll got, take it into play. Okay. We we got a couple weeks left. Obviously, the preseason before we get to the regular season. Of the of the people that are on the list from week two, if I told you you could pick one player, and that player has to be on the team by the time the season starts. Which player are you taking? Shoes, I'm going to start with you. Which player are you taking that you think out of everybody that's there for week two, who's going to be here at the beginning of the season? I will not take Joe Bell. Thank you. <laughs> just because I think just uh, – I didn't, uh, to be to be fair, I, I only saw him for a half. I didn't know anything about him at that point still. I yeah, but he looked good for that half, stuff. didn't he? I've never, I've never even heard of this guy. I've never seen him before. I forgot but, he played. Yeah. That's, that's how good he looked. That's how good he looked. I forgot he was on the field. He, he floated through the game. He, he just... uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick to my guns and say Skylar Thomas. Dang it. That's who I wanted. I wanted Skylar. Uh, Sky he, guy. He's just... You know he stood out, and it's it's hard to stand out as as much as he did on the back line, and I and I just think he would be a great addition, and I'm gonna stick with him. All right, choose is taking Skylar Thomas. Josh, who are you taking? Well, I wanted Sky Guy, but I'm not gonna take him. That's his new nickname, by the way. Sky, Sky Guy, that's yeah. wonderful. Uh, just so you guys all know. Start getting the chance uh, ready for Sky Guy. Yeah, Shoes called yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, okay. I, this is just based on the fact that he's a local guy. I think Mario. I think that would be kind of cool. Oh. Another local kid uh, get them signed. It's not that he looked like spectacular. I just feel like he is very motivated to play probably for the Hounds. So he's going to be, you know, giving that extra effort because he wants to stick here. So I'll go with him. Josh picking with his heart instead of his head. That's all right. Of course. That's what we what love about you, Josh. <laughs> What if, what if that bruises the ego of Robbie Mertz? We gotta protect Robbie Mertz. <laughs> oh, it enhances, if anything. Oh really? I was gonna say cut yes. to Robbie going, What? <laughs> Yinzer squad. <Yeah. laughs> Kev? Joe well, I mean it sounds like Joe Bell's gonna be the greatest New Zealand footballer of all time. So we're... <laughs> I am I'm I'm already ordering a Joe Bell jersey. Like as far as like <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't know. Like, I, look, I, I have no – everything I've learned has been from the conversation on this podcast so far. So, I, you know, I can't I can't give you any educated guess. But, yeah, dude, I am on the hype train of Joe Bell. Let's, let's get it done. All right, I'm going to take, take Thomas Gomez. I think that's a lock. I think he comes in. It, he's a Lily guy. He won two Golden Gloves with Lily. And, you know, obviously Lily's going to do what Lily's going to do. He's going to take any keeper and turn him into – you know, gold, but uh, I think I think Gomez, with the history, I think he's a lock. He'll be here at the start of the season. So that's what we think. Obviously, you guys let us know what you think. Um, guys, this was a lot of fun. Like, we're going to have to do this for, like, each game. So shoes just, you know, sort of clear your calendar. And uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, <laughs> this will be... Make my Mondays available. I was yeah, going to yeah. say. We'll just like. tell Liz that she's going to be cooking for shoes for the next few Mondays. And uh, we'll be good to I'm go. In. <laughs> He's in. All right. <laughs> um, guys, I guess anything else that, uh, that we should talk about on this one? I got nothing. I'm good? Yeah, I think we're good. All right. Well... Let's wrap this one up. Thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to USL, MLS, and US Soccer. You custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie-cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? 
Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. Yes, Icarus is the company that helped make the Mongols kits. Uh, we love them, and they are a proud sponsor of BGN for all of 2020. So uh, definitely go check them out. Uh, they do great, great stuff. If you're looking for more great USL news, head over to the new BGN.FM, where we've got over 100 fans that are writing and podcasting about the beautiful game. Lots of great features that went up on the site this week alone. So go check it out. You can search for just stuff related to the USL. You can look for specific teams. You can just look based on division. See what's going on in the USL Eastern Conference. It's all sorted out for you. You can see what everybody's talking about. It's awesome. Check it out at BGN.FM. Otherwise, thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later. Bye. <laughs>